0: Hello there, and thank you for inviting me into your eardrums. I hope you are well and content today. I'm Sarah Wendell, and this is episode number 512 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. My guest today is Laura Hankin. Laura is the author of Happy and You Know It, A Special Place for Women, and the upcoming book The Daydreams. The paperback of A Special Place for Women is out on May 24th, and as I learned, is being adapted for film, too. We are going to talk about that process, but we are going to take a deep dive into secret societies, exclusive clubs, and how they work, or they don't. We also take a side trip into public and private narratives and why people want to belong. I wanna thank Laura for hanging out with me, and I also wanna thank Tara O'Connor, her publicist, for setting up this interview. Hello, and thank you to the Patreon community. How are you today? I hope you are fabulous. Thank you so much for supporting the show. You make sure that each episode has a transcript and that each episode arrives on schedule. I do love a schedule. If you would like to join the Patreon community and support this here podcast, have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. This podcast is brought to you in part by Athletic Greens. If you are looking for an all-in-one supplement to start your day and you would like one that tastes good, take a look at Athletic Greens. AG1 or Athletic Greens is a small micro habit with big benefits. I started taking Athletic Greens because it's easy. It contains everything I need and want in a supplement and it's fast and it tastes really good. First thing in the morning, one scoop, cold water, done. And my stomach never gets upset either. It's lifestyle friendly vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and contains less than a gram of sugar with no GMOs. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com sarah Again, that's athleticgreens.com Sarah to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This podcast is brought to you in part by June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game that several of you have downloaded and started playing along with me. Hello to all of the members of the SBTB Romance Club inside June's Journey, and nice job on us getting that first place. June's Journey is a hidden object murder mystery set in the roaring 20s. You play as June Parker, an amateur detective investigating a series of mysteries full of twists and turns around every corner. You progress through the mystery story by gathering clues found in different scenes, and you level up by building and restoring property on Orchid Island. There are so many different elements, but the heart of the game is the hidden object scenes where you try to find as many objects as quickly and accurately as you can. It is very easy to get caught up trying to beat my last score. I really like the puzzle challenges, but I really like how relaxing it is. And one of my favorite things to do at the end of the day now is listen to a podcast and try to beat the weekly challenges. There is a detective in all of us. Find your inner detective. Download June's Journey free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. This episode is brought to you by my favorite shoes, Rothy's. If you are thinking about travel this summer or you have more social engagements on your calendar, I have the perfect shoes for you. Rothy's. Rothy's are the perfect shoes for commuting, socializing, and traveling everyone notices them. The most common question I get when I wear mine are, oh, are those Rothy's? Yes. Yes, they are. They work great with every outfit and there's a style for every situation. I wear the points when I want to dress up but stay comfortable. And I love the new driving moccasin. I have them in pink and I get loads of compliments whenever I wear them. When I'm traveling, I wear the flats or the lace-up sneakers because they're woven. So they stretch and they always feel really, really great. And... When they get dirty, I toss them in the washing machine and they come out looking like new. I love these shoes a lot, not only because of how they look, but because of how long they last. Your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash Sarah. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash Sarah for $20 off your first order. This episode is brought to you in part by Thrive Cosmetics. I have a family wedding coming up and I realized that I have not worn makeup in two years most of what i own is long expired thankfully i found thrive cosmetics to replace my essentials i started with mascara always replace your mascara folks the liquid lash extension mascara is wow fabulous there are no clumps it doesn't flake on the inside of my eyeglasses and it washes off so easily with warm water and i freaking love the liquid balm lip treatment the lip treatment is smooth it isn't sticky and it stays on for hours Plus, their bigger than beauty program has donated products and funds to over 200 nonprofit giving partners across the country. It's very cool. Now is a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. Right now, you can get 15 percent off your first order when you visit ThriveCosmetics.com/sptb. That's Thrive Cosmetics. C a u s e m e t i c s dot com/sptb for 15% off your first order. Are you ready to enter secret societies and secret clubs? Let's do this interview on with my conversation with Laura Hankin.
1: I'm Laura Hankin. I'm the author of Happy and You Know It, a special place for women, which I'm also adapting for TV and the upcoming The Daydreams. Wow. Okay. I did not know that a special place for women was being adapted for TV.
0: What is that process like? Are you also a scriptwriter? Holy crap. That's amazing. Congrats. Thank
1: you. Yeah. You know, it's so wild talking about it because I'm like in the process, but yeah. who knows what will happen? I feel like making something for TV is like, you have to jump through 500 different hoops and they're all on fire. And at the end you have to, you know, tame a lion. And I I'm like at the point where I've maybe jumped through 400 of the flaming hoops, but there are still a hundred to go. Um, but it's so fun. Like I, uh, I got to write this script. I have a great team of producers and a studio. Um, and I get to kind of just do like the part that I really love about writing a novel, which is write dialogue and plot. Oh, dialogue <laughs> is great. Yes, yes, it's the best.
0: Now in this process, I don't know as much about this one, but in the in this process, do you have more people giving you feedback as the script progresses than you would when you write a book and then it gets edited as a finished piece? Or, I mean, you might get feedback from beta readers, you might get feedback from critique partners, but with a book, it goes to the editor, the editor evaluates mm-hmm. the whole and then sends you back like, you know, 5,812 <laughs> comments in a in a document. With script exactly. writing, there's more voices
1: contributing. Am I right about that? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, so at this point, you know, we have maybe a couple producers and then like four people from the studio. Um So that's like six people giving notes on a script, which is a lot. Um, Luckily, they're all amazing and they coordinate their notes beforehand. So I'm not getting six totally different views. Oh, how considerate. Because I don't think that always happens that way. (laughs) I don't think so either. Yeah. (laughs) And like, if we're lucky enough to sell it to a network, I'm sure that they'll probably be, you know, uh, 72 more people from the network who give notes. Of course. Yeah, of course. (laughs)
0: Well, it sounds like you're really far along in the process. You have a studio, you have producers. That's really
1: exciting. It's so cool, Sarah. Yeah, the next step is pitching to networking. So, you know, talk to me in a few months, and either I'll be crossed. like flying high, or I'll be like, "Well, that dream died." On to the next.
0: And I noticed that the paperback of a special place for women, which is about to come out, I noticed that the paperback uh, got a got a new cover. It's different yeah. from the original cover. What did you think of the of the of the makeover for this book?
1: Oh my gosh, it is such a makeover. Um, I love both of these covers, actually. And I think what's so nice about them, they're both designed by this woman, Emily Osborne, who is just a magician. Um, I think they just really highlight different aspects of the book. Like the hardcover... For those who haven't seen it, it's like these beautiful pink glowing doors that seem like they could go on forever. And yes. there's all these intricate patterns in the wall. And it it feels like it's really sucking you in. And it's got that whole secret club vibe to it. Yeah, and, it's a little
0: Elizabeth Arden style. Like, oh, these yeah. doors are special. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's also similar to like Glossier. I don't really know anything yes. about them. You're right, yes. I've heard that. Um, and the funny thing too, actually, is that there's another women's co-working space called The Coven that like exists in real life. Oh. Um, and somebody sent me a picture of them and it looks just like this book cover. <laughs> so oh I was my like, wow gosh. Emily, the book designer did an amazing job capturing this sort of exclusive women's space. <laughs> um, and you wouldn't
0: think of that as an aesthetic, but it totally is.
1: It totally is. And so with the paperback, you know, the interesting a wild thing about this book is that it really shifts in the middle of the book and like takes a turn uh, yes. and the vibe gets real different. And I think we were really trying to hide the ball on that with the hardcover. And now with the paperback, we're like, screw yeah. it. <laughs> you know, let's let people see, see the vibe shift. What's uh, Well, it, it almost, it, it, the,
0: the cover of the hardcover and the paperback are almost a progression. Like the hardcover is the door and the paperback is what's behind the door.
1: Exactly. Oh, that's such a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what will readers find inside this book? Because I am fascinated by so many of the elements inside.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, So A Special Place for Women is about Jillian, a reporter who really desperately needs a story to save her career. And so she decides that she's going to try to infiltrate this secret club for women only. And she's heard all sorts of rumors about them. You know, maybe they handpicked New York City's first female mayor. Maybe they brought her down. Maybe they're like the hot female Illuminati. Um, So she gets herself into this club. um, And the deeper that she's sucked in uh, to their glamorous lives and, you know, discovers their wild secrets, the more she's going to have to decide if she wants to expose them or join them. right. And one of the
0: things that happens after she joins is that she has access to an incredibly powerful network that makes her life so much easier. Yes. (laughs) And it's sort of like an access to a level of privilege that you don't have to necessarily buy, but you do have to achieve by being the right person to get in in the first place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think her beef with these women going in is she's like, oh, they're so elitist. Yeah. You know, they're like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. They're so interconnected. Yes. That's not fair. Yeah. And then as she gets to have her own back scratched, it's a little like, oh, this... Wait having your back scratched feels good <laughs> wait a minute yeah and it's <gasps> yeah and it sort of plays with class
0: too because it it elevates her into a very specific group or class of women but inside that group are women of many different social stratuses
1: mm-hmm. so it's both yeah it, dif-
0: it's like both subverting and confirming class mm-hmm. exclusivity
1: yeah because you know, I, I was thinking a lot about these sorts of clubs in real life. And I think yeah. like so many of them are quite elitist and Extreme. often expensive to join. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: The dues, My God. <laughs> and I am. So I I have so many questions about your research for secret clubs, secret societies, and how they maintain their exclusivity. Because it's tricky, right? You have to be well-known enough to be known as exclusive. So people mm-hmm. want to get in and can't. But you can't necessarily be too obvious because then everyone's going to want to know and everyone's going to want to get in because they can see it. And I, and I, and you see this happen over and over, like with different levels of wealth in different places, there's always been these very special social clubs or group clubs. And sometimes it was by interest. And now there's like the Soho house and all of these different, very exclusive groups that are both very public and very private What did you learn about these societies and these clubs, and what kinds of what what different kinds are there?
1: Yeah, well, so uh, I think you might know this. This book was inspired by the Wing. Yes, tell me everything. Tell me everything. (laughs) Okay, so for those who don't know, the Wing was uh, this sort of like women's only co working slash networking space slash club. I speak about it in past tense, but it still exists. Mm -hmm. It just. Uh, went through sort of a series of scandals and some backlash where it came out that like they were not treating their workers very well, particularly women of color. Shocking. Um, Absolutely shocked. I am. Yes. I know. Yep. Uh, The CEO got pushed out. Um, I think now it's actually owned by a man. Like the majority stakeholder is a man. Yeah. Okay. Such is the world, I guess. (laughs) but you know i i was living in new york and i felt lots like lots of clubs all... in new york lots of clubs in new york uh huh yes. <laughs> and i kept hearing people talking about the wing and they had this instagram account that like i just stalked i loved looking at it and that i think that's such a fascinating thing. You talking about this line of like the mystery versus spreading the word. Like That Instagram account had so many followers, but it also felt like, oh, we're not going to follow you back. You yes. Know?
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. It's such a
1: weird power imbalance, right? Mm-hmm. And so a friend of mine was a member of the wing and she invited me to come to the clubhouse for a coffee. So I went one time and I was so excited because I was like, maybe I'll go and I'll feel like I've found my place and I'll get to be a cool girl too. And then I walked in and I was like, oh, I'm not a cool girl. (laughs) I don't belong here. So what made you feel that way?
0: Which is not a feeling I want people to experience. That's a crappy feeling. But what gave you that like, oh yeah, mm -mm, not for me feeling? I think everybody's just
1: felt so like self-assured and so gorgeous and like, I, I don't know. I walked in and I was like, are my clothes so much more wrinkled? Uh, am I too short for this place? Am like, I too short? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. And like literally the, the biggest thing is that I felt like I didn't have my life at all figured out. Yeah. And I overheard this woman talking about like the big struggle in her life was that it was hard dating a celebrity chef because he was never free for brunch. <laughs> and I
0: Okay, it's time like, out. Okay. It's hard dating a celebrity chef. Because he's never free for brunch.
1: Because he has to work at the restaurants.
0: <laughs> that's amazing.
1: Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I was just like, you know, these aren't my problems. These aren't my people, probably.
0: <laughs> and that's funny because you know all of them have to have some layer of insecurity. and you and I mean, I would totally be the person walking in going, "I have way too much cat hair on my clothing for this place and i probably have like three hairs of cat hair but it's still three too many
1: yeah yeah there's right. that Everybody sort else of is like religiously lint rolled or they yes. have hairless cats and...
0: or or they have someone who lint rolls them or they have like um, i always wonder if there's like a big fan in some people's doorways that just <laughs> blows like you know when you walk into a place with air conditioning in the summer and you walk in and it's like i'm cold i wonder if they yeah. just blow the pet hair off their clothes because the, i can never get it all but I, I know probably. I know that feeling of that sort of protective gloss that they other people seem to have
1: that you do not. Yeah, but like the fascinating thing was that I knew that if they had just treated me differently or like looked at me differently and been like, "Ooh, you do belong here," I would have been like, "Great, sign me up." Yes, you know.
0: <laughs> so what happened when you went for coffee? What was that experience like?
1: I just like hung out with this friend for 45 minutes. And I think she was very busy. So she had to be like on her phone yeah. part of the time. So there was a lot of me kind of looking around, just feeling uncomfortable. And then I left and I was like, well, I think I have been cured of my <laughs> desire to turn away. Did it did it
0: look particularly unique inside or did it look like anyone's living room?
1: No, I think it had that like very well curated, designed, Uh like millennial aesthetic, right? Like the pretty pink couches and everything was so clean. And there were so many plants and like fun (laughs) little signs of girl power slogans and stuff. Yeah, Very
0: Instagrammable, (laughs) but taking a selfie of yourself with that stuff would be considered not cool.
1: Yeah, but if somebody else captures a picture of you while you're like laughing with your mouth just perfectly ajar, which never happens to me, but yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> then it's then it's great. You can post that. <laughs> it's fascinating to me how a place like that has this, like we like we were talking about this sort of narrative of exclusivity and and boundary, and mm-hmm. yet they don't survive if people don't want to get in.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing I think. Like the wings still exists, but I don't know how it's going to continue to do in the future, because I think these scandals have really hurt its reputation. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, another <laughs> organization that I did some research on in my uh, preparing to write this book was Skull and Bones from Yale.
0: Oh, speaking of Wikipedia pages. Yeah.
1: Yes. Te- oh, okay. Um, Tell me everything. That one feels much more secret than the one like there's never going to be an Instagram page for Skull and Bones. Right. But um, you know,
0: dark academia is so hot right now. They would have the most popular one, you know, you just know. Oh,
1: a hundred percent. Everybody who's <laughs> obsessed with like the secret history of Donna Tartt would be all about it. Um, but I think the fascinating thing to me from that one is that there are just so many rumors and you don't know if any of them are really true. You know, yeah. there's this rumor that like to get in, you have to go lie down in a coffin naked and like Talk all, like tell all the members your sexual secrets and stuff, <laughs> which I assume is done for blackmail purposes. But part of me also likes thinking about it. Like, you know, for a while, I think they're co-ed now, but for a while it was men only, and I'm like, Maybe this was a way for men to be able to talk to each other about like intimacies. <laughs> I love exactly. how I love how the idea
0: is that your darkest secrets is your sexual secrets. Like, n- no
1: yeah other
0: people have other kinds of dark secrets it's not just sex folks
1: (laughs) right murder yeah right um well i think the other interesting thing about skull and bones is that just like how powerful the network seems to be after graduation right so like when i was googling them um (laughs) there was an article that was like do you have to lie down in a coffin and tell your sexual secrets to become president of the United States because so many, um, presidents or people who run for presidents were part of it. Even in like 2004, Mm -hmm. um, Kerry and Bush running against each other, they both had been in skull and bones. It was like, who does the secret society support in that?
0: Yeah. And you know, it's sort of like, wow. Okay because I'm very cynical, you know that part of my brain is like, all right, so it's secret and it's powerful. And I bet if you really got in, you'd be like, oh, it's gross in here and it smells like beer. Ew. It smells like hot beer and funk and shoes. Why does it smell like old shoes? You know know that the reality would have to be some kind of weird letdown.
1: Yeah, I'm (laughs) sure it is. There's no way that it's as cool inside. You're so right. It's it's feet all over the place, probably. But like... I mean, we are talking about college people, right? Yeah. I mean, I remember my college dorm. No uh, huh? <laughs> oh, now I'm just thinking about my college, like communal bathrooms. Right? So bad. <laughs> the
0: only way I think you could convince me to join a secret club is if you promise me that I will sleep better and I will have access to the most glorious bathrooms. And I'm in. I'm sure I'll pay your dues. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that's true that's a that could be a really big I mean seller. the older I get the more I just care about sleep and comfort like
1: yeah they're the best that's all that matters is getting a good eight hours yeah exactly <laughs> so what yeah. other what other
0: secret clubs and secret societies did you research as you developed nevertheless the club in your book which by the way is a fantastic name for a club for thank women. you
1: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I looked a little bit at a uh, Bohemian Grove, which is also like the, it's the West Coast, like fancy men. Is that club the one where, where like, Nixon was naked, allegedly? Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> think there was a Nixon thing there. Um, there, Like maybe the meeting that led to developing the atomic bomb happened there, but it's like a campground in the woods yeah. where rich men go and like frolic around. Um, but the interesting thing is that I I feel like I, in my research, I wasn't actually finding a lot beyond the wing and some of these more recent clubs. I wasn't right. finding a lot of like women's clubs. A lot of them were yeah. men's clubs. Yeah. 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 So and I was like, in this book, here we go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I went to a women's college in the South. And as a mm-hmm. Yankee, I was very much an interloper. And I learned very quickly that within that group, and it was not a large school, it was maybe, maybe 1,100 students. It was not a big place. Within that, there were subgroups,
1: lots mm-hmm. of different
0: subgroups. And I think that's just sort of human nature. You form subgroups, but there were very specific social rules that were unspoken and untaught that marked you as an in or out member of that group. Yeah. But the idea, when I tell people, oh, I went to a women's college, there's always this moment of, oh, that's different and interesting. Like, did you get up to things? First of all, I got up to nothing. I'm super boring. But. There's a sort of mystique that surrounds groups of women and secret groups of women. And it kind of intimidates the heck out of people. Have you noticed that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody thinks that all the women are like synced up on their periods and doing other like what? Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And I I wonder why that is. I
0: don't know why that is either, but it, it, it plays out in your book with nevertheless, that it's intimidating and alluring at the same
1: time. Yeah. And I think there is some of that is, is this tension between like, uh, you know, you want to belong so badly and you want to be seen yes. by people and like, you know, told like uh, female friendship to me is one of the most beautiful things in the, in the world yes. when it's good. Right. Yes. Like uh, screw romantic love. I mean, I love romantic love too, oh, but I like the you. love in a female friendship is so like all consuming and wonderful. And yes. so I think these women These women's spaces, like, offer the possibility of that. But then there's also, I think, this idea that women, like, know how to devastate you, you know, in this mean girl way that a woman can just, like, cut down, cut your psyche to shreds (laughs) if she wants to. And so there's that danger of that, too. Absolutely.
0: Because at its heart, the enforcement of the patriarchy falls to women. We enforce Mm -hmm. it on one another. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. interesting to see a space like Nevertheless, where you have women who are helping each other, who are like, no, you are a member of our group. You need a place to live. I know an aunt who's subletting an apartment and it's yours for like $9.85 a month. Like mm-hmm. this kind of smoothing of the way because you are a member of the group is very beneficial. But at the same time, you know, they know all your secrets. Mm-hmm.
1: And there's also, I think, this sense of like, can these women, get out of their own way and stop fighting amongst themselves. Like what would happen if they truly were able to like team up, expand, bring in other women, like what would the patriarchy do then? (laughs)
0: Exactly. Oh, it's so true because if you erase the exclusiveness of it, it becomes much more powerful.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. But then, yeah, then there's also this whole thing about like safety, right? I think a lot of the reason that these women's, Clubs have sprung up is this idea that like, here you can come to be like safe from men and the and the people who will try to put you down and everything. And part of that is like controlling very heavily, like who's able to come in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh- So why do you think people gravitate towards secret societies and exclusive groups? Because one of the things I was struck by with Nevertheless is that the initial process when she was met on a street corner at night and then blindfolded and walked around and she couldn't know where it was. I'm like, this is friggin' Mm -hmm. scary. This is really scary. Why do you think people gravitate towards these exclusive secret things?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think as we discussed a little bit earlier, like we all do want to be chosen and we all want to find a place where we belong, right? Where it's like we've passed the tests and people have decided that we are worthy of like love and acceptance and friendship. We've been chosen and seen and accepted. Yeah. Exactly. And then I also think there's something about like sharing secrets with people really can bond you in a way that Oh, that's so um, true. Yeah, right? Like uh, maybe I barely know somebody but if <laughs> if we murder someone together and then have to keep that secret, that's going to really bond us. <laughs> We're bonded. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: very true. I know a number of books set on that plot.
1: Yeah, yep. you know, like as I was saying that I was like, "Oh, am I just describing the plot of We Were Never Here by Andrea Bartz? Great book." <laughs> <laughs>
0: So what, what, what is up with your new book? Tell me about your new book.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. I love talking about it. Publishing is so funny in that like this paperback is coming out and yet, you know, I finished writing this like two years ago. And so now my, my brain is so full of the new one that's coming out next year. So everything. Great. The Daydreams um, is about the stars of an early 2000s musical TV show, sort of a la high school musical. Um, and at the height of their fame, they just combust spectacularly on live TV. Uh, and so now it's 13 years later, their careers have all gone in very different directions. Surprise, surprise. The man is doing a lot better than the various women on the show. Shocking. Um, I know. (laughs) Real plot twists there. Uh, And they end up having to come back together again because the network wants to do a reunion special. And so it's full of secrets and old betrayals and unfinished business. And it's a lot of fun. I'm really excited for people to start reading it.
0: And it's yet another way to pu- to play with the public and behind the scenes narrative. So with A Special Place for Women, you have the the public narrative of is nevertheless powerful enough to make and break mayors and create incredible political careers. And then behind the scenes, it's like, also group of women complaining about stuff because that's what they yeah. do when they get together. And with a show like this, you have the public narrative of we're performing and we're a big family and everything is great. And then behind the scenes, things are
1: not so jolly. And I love playing with that tension. Yes, that tension is one of, like, of my favorites. Yeah. Public it's and private best. tension is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this book has a lot of that combined with, you know, early 2000s nostalgia, oh, reevaluation for sure. of how we treated women back then. Oh, how gosh. do we move forward and forgive, et cetera? <laughs> and when you look at
0: press coverage of shows at that time, and and I remember how much. I was steeped in that awful early 2000s like body shaming, sex shaming culture. I look back and I'm like, "Wow, that was terrible. How did I not
1: see it?" So, what are some yeah. of the
0: secrets in your book? Can you can you share one of the secrets from the cast members of your of your new book?
1: Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, hold on. I need a second to think about what I can share. But it's funny. I'm like still learning how to talk about this book. Right. But okay. So the male lead and the female lead of the show, um, you know, had this really, will they, or won't they tension in the show. And so the whole the whole world was really like into this romance and trying to figure out if it was a real life romance or not. And so a lot of the book is unraveling like what really went down behind the scenes between the two of them. Were they in love? Did they hate each other? Were they like playing each other so that they could have the good sexual tension on screen? Right. Was it real? Was it
0: not real? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I recently learned a random piece of alleged gossip that fits this. (gasps) And I want to tell you Okay, so this is old vintage X-Files gossip. I love that reaction. (laughs) Okay, so this is all alleged, but you know how in the first few seasons, the tension between Scully and Mulder was the birth of a million fanfic. Like a million and 12 fanfics were written about Scully and Mulder. And did they, don't they, will they, won't they, whatever. Well, allegedly behind the scenes, they hooked up while filming the pilot like. They went, to Bone, they went to Bone Town, and they Ooh. had an extended stay in Bone Town, and then they went their separate ways, thinking that it wouldn't get picked up, and <gasps> it didn't exactly end great, and then the show got picked up, and so they had to reform all of the sexual tension when they'd already boned. Oh, my God. I love this so much. <laughs> now, I don't know if this is true, but this is the, the, some of the rumors I've read. And I, don't, I don't know where I am on the internet where I'm running into X-Files gossip. <laughs>
1: Uh, You're in the right place.
0: Old gossip. But I thought, okay, that's fascinating. The tension between the actors and the tension between the characters is completely opposite of what actually happened. They hooked up, it didn't end well. They had to put that aside, pretend to be, will they, won't they? And then now they're like really great friends and they just, they, they tease each other and they seem to have a really great relationship. But for a while they hated each other.
1: Oh my God. It's like the opposite of a slow burn. Right. (laughs) It's like like enemies to lovers. It's it's like like a deep
0: combustion, but we have to pretend to like each other. Oh, uh, all my tropes in (sighs) one. I always ask this question. Tell me, what books are you reading right now that you want to tell people about?
1: Yeah. I thought I'd do a little uh, last now next on this one. (laughs) I love this plan. I'm thrilled to be a part of it. (laughs) Okay. Trying to do it quickly-ish. So the last one that I read that I really loved was um, Girls Can Kiss Now. It's a bunch of essays by Jill Gutowitz. I don't know if you follow her on Twitter. She's like one of the funniest writers around, I think. Um, So it's about her like growing up, uh, coming out as a lesbian, uh, being an extremely online person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can relate. Yeah, she has a great chapter about how like the internet has ruined her, You know, starting with her discovery of the internet as a preteen and like AIM and all of that um, up until now.
0: <laughs> oh man, I just had a nostalgic blast of the sound of the AIM instant message.
1: <inaudible> <inaudible> yep. Yep, yep. Soundtrack to like, like half my nostalgia. day.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my God, I loved it. The away messages. Ugh, so much to say, but um, yeah. So it's super funny, but also like pretty poignant in places. I highly recommend that. Um, right now, I'm in the middle of marrying the ketchups by Jennifer Close. Ooh. Um, yeah, it's about uh like a family run restaurant uh in a suburb of chicago and like all the different members of the family and they're all like flawed complicated people trying to figure out their lives and just the character drama um and character work is so good and her writing is beautiful. Ooh. Marrying the ketchup. <laughs> um, and then up next I'm I'm really excited to dive into the hacienda by Isabel Cañas. Yeah. Yeah. Mexican Gothic meets Rebecca. I'm pumped. I'm really pumped. (laughs) So I didn't include this in the
0: questions, but it did just occur to me. What are the elements of a secret society that you would want to join? Like there's a secret society. What is the ideal secret society for you? I think
1: the fun element is what I want. You know, like I want to get into the secret society and I don't want it to just be like we hang out and are very stuffy or like do creepy things. I want to like Hang out and watch movies, you know, like come to our secret clubhouse and we have a movie night, we eat popcorn and watch when Harry met Sally and hang out and talk about our lives. Yes. Basically, Uh, yeah, I just wanted to be a big
0: slumber party. I would want a secret society that is welcoming and comfortable. Like no bras, no real pants, elastic (laughs) waist pants, accessible. Lots of wine if you want it. Yeah, but, but no pressure if you don't. No pressure if you don't. And full of introverts who value quiet. This sounds amazing. Right? Like, I could design the space for days. Like, this is the quiet room. There's no talking in this room. This is the room you go uh-huh. in for complete quiet deprivation. But sometimes it's really comfortable to just be with other people who are also being quiet. Yeah. So it's a yeah. way to ad- balance loneliness and introversion. So you... <laughs> So you can balance both of those things.
1: This reminds me of, I used to belong to this co-working space in New York for writers. Um, and I, if I had not moved to DC, I would still be a member of this because it was perfect. But basically there was like a big room where you went to be quiet yeah. and do your writing there. And then yeah. there was like the social room where you went and you were allowed to talk and hang out with people if you wanted that had lots of candy and tea and coffee and stuff. Oh, that's a um, brilliant space. Yeah, it's called Paragraph, if anybody wants to join it and lives in the New York area. I can't believe there's not one in D.C. Yeah, I know. I feel very sad about this. It's also like I moved down here during the pandemic, so co-working spaces have
0: been... Yeah, you're not (laughs) going to want to go breathe with strangers. That's the other thing. You can't really breathe easily with strangers. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I've already asked what you're working on. You're working on the screenplay. Mm -hmm. and You have a new book. Do you have another book in progress as well? Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. I am like just diving into the next book. Oh, congrats. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. It's fun and also very daunting. You know, I, I'm in that part right now where I'm just like thinking about the plot and the characters, but haven't tried to write the first sentence because the first sentence seems so scary. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: And you have to figure out where you're going, but what you already kind of know part of that. Mm -hmm. yeah there's like a target Mm -hmm. you've got to reach it how am I going to get there I have no idea (laughs) exactly well thank you so very much for doing this interview this has been so much fun I know I love talking with you thank you for having me oh this was delightful and please have your publicist reach out when your next book comes out so we can you know do more talking about behind the scenes and reality tv
1: I would love that. And hey, you know, if I do like a DC event, I now know that you're an amazing moderator. Oh, thank you <laughs> very much. From the Christina Lauren event. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for coming to that. I was floored at how
0: awesome the space was. And I know. It was so great.
1: Oh, my God. Like 400 people, too? Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. And everyone's like super chill and welcoming. I'm like, oh, I forgot how awesome all the readers are. Because it's been like since 2019 that I've done an event.
1: Yeah. I I know. I loved it. And I'm like, oh, all right. I want to just make more of a point of going to author events. Now, now.
0: I remember why I liked doing these events. Like it had been three years. So it took me a while yeah. to remember, like, oh yeah, this energy is
1: awesome. Yeah. It's so much nicer when you can like actually hear people laugh as opposed to just talking into your computer screen. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. There's a very unique energy, especially when everyone is there to talk about roughly the same thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you did such a nice job of like asking questions that just made it feel like a fun hangout Thank chat, you. but also like got at some deeper stuff. Too, Thank you. Really I really nice.
0: appreciate that. Part of that was how great the panelists were because Ali Hazelwood and Kate Claiborne and Christina Lauren are all very funny and interesting and used to talking. But yeah. I also, I mean, I do a lot of interviews. So, you know, there's already, there's only so many ways you can ask, where do you get your ideas? What is your process of craft? What is this? Like, what is this process? And that, I think everyone can talk about convenience store snacks and, you know, goofy questions that are related to a book and also tangentially not. I had a lot of fun coming up with those categories for those four authors, too. It was very fun. Uh, I bet
1: I bet I don't know if I will ever forget Allie Hazelwood saying that her special brain talent is picturing people having sex.
0: I will not ever no I mean, no. and I, I wish I could have recorded that because it was great, but I, that was a one-time only experience. And some, yeah. things are all, some things are better live and in that moment. I think that's true. Yeah, it's like the, the, <laughs> the nature of performance. There are some things that only exist when they're happening, and then after that, they don't exist anymore, and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I'm terminally online and I like having digital everything, I also like things that exist in that just that moment. And that's sort of the idea with co-working spaces and secret societies as well, that they, that community only exists in that space, for right. better or for worse. And so you've got to
1: like really enjoy it yeah. and live in that moment. And, and act, actively yeah. participate in order for it to continue.
0: <laughs> and that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you again to Laura Hankin for hanging out with me and to Tara O'Connor for setting up this interview. I will have links to all of the books we mentioned, but I also have... A whole bunch of links that will let you peek inside some of these co-working spaces and some dishy links about what happened to them when they didn't go so well. So definitely check the show notes if you want to take a little tour of the coven or the wing or find out what happened This is very dishy. But I am very curious. Do you know of a, a secret club or exclusive society? Do you belong to one? Oh, please tell me about it. I'm very nosy. You can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com or you can call and leave a message at one two zero one three seven one three two seven two. 371 3272 I absolutely love hearing from you. But if you know about secret clubs or exclusive societies, please tell me everything. I, w- I am so curious. <laughs> I am so nebby. It's embarrassing how nosy I am. Please tell me everything I really want to know. As usual, I end with a terrible joke. This week is no exception. I would never leave off the joke. This comes from Maggie's door of jokes. There are so many and they are all so good. So here we go. Are you ready? What do you call a photo of the North Pole? Give up? What do you call a photo of the North Pole? A Polaroid. (laughs) (laughs) He's so silly. I love it. Thank you for sending me all of these jokes, Maggie. They're amazing. I have a whole list of them and then I pick my favorite each week. On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts. Polaroid.